Burnomatic Productions. Hey, freaks, it's Jason McMaster. You're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC with John, the Vernomatic, Verno, and Metal Walt. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts, John the Vernomatic Verno. And direct from New Jersey, Metal Walt. Well, happy, happy holidays to all. Fernomatic here along with Metal Walt, and it's New Year's Eve 2022 into 2023. And we want to welcome you to another show. Uh, got on the line from New Jersey. Walt, what's going on, man? Happy holidays. Oh, happy holidays to you guys, too. Yeah, we're, it's, uh, we're sitting here uh, rolling the tapes. It's New Year's Eve. Typically, I'm always uh, searching for a show to go to. But there's no metal shows in uh, New Jersey and New York on New Year's Eve this year. I mean, unless I wanted to go to the garden and see fish, but no thank you. <laughs> I was going to say, aren't they doing their yearly uh, fish bowl down in uh, NYC? But um, wanted to uh, just check in. Tonight's ep- this week's episode, we have a fun one. Jason McMaster, call him the heavy metal voice, voice whisperer. We, uh, we talked to him a couple weeks ago, and we have an exclusive interview he talks about how he was the uh, fill-in vocalist for not only Accept, but Armored Saint this fall. It's a great story. tells how this all came about. So that's going to be coming up in just a minute. But uh, Walt and I just wanted to check in and do what, like a little roundtable, a little uh, house cleaning, if you will. Exciting year here, year four up here at Metal Mayhem ROC. Metal Walt started as a guest on the show a couple of years ago, and he's pivoted to a official co-host status here. He's done a fantastic job. We've done interviews throughout the year, self-created content, along with our other brother in metal, Ian O'Rourke, with the History of Metal series. So, Walt, uh, welcome. Congratulations. It's great to have you on board. Any thoughts about this year, what we've uh, accomplished, and your involvement in the show? Well, uh, thank you for the uh, the kind words, and I send it right back to you. Twenty twenty two for me on the show was man, we really uh, stepped it up a notch. I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I think uh, the combination of all the staff members, we got very creative with our content, and you know, just looking back now in the last twelve months, the content that we've prepared, and we hope that uh, our our followers really appreciated it too. I mean, we really had a wide variety of content. Um, you know, even when it came to the guests, I think we interviewed something like 20, 2021 guests across the year. And that was just like musical artists, but we also, we interviewed authors, you know, we had just random content about cryptocurrency and soda. Um, you know, you interviewed somebody about, uh, that has his own record label startup, and then the content series, we covered, I think, eight or nine different years, most of the heart of the 80s up to about 1990. So, you know, we started concert reviews. We blog reviews out there now. We've included photographs of some of these shows and the artists that we've met. And uh, I'm really looking forward to 2023 and capitalizing on this and and just riding this really cool wave that we've we hit in, in this year. Yeah, to expand on that, um, let's uh, rewind a little bit. Beginning of the year, Tony Martin from Black Sabbath fame, he came out with a delayed solo album, Thorns. Supposed to come out and then the pandemic. And so in January, Tony came on and Walt and I, now Walt went total fanboy, did a great job, but was digging up nuggets that Tony even forgot about. And part of the... uh, luster if you will of having walt on board is his 35 plus years of going to see shows and being a resident of the tri-state area he's been in every dive bar and venue and uh coliseum in a uh you know 200 mile radius so that that thorns interview was cool we uh at the beginning of the year we also um had Braun daler of mastodon 
Now, Bill the Rager, a guy on our staff, is good friends with Braun. So we were able to get uh, Braun on the uh, on the show, and um, that was a great one because discussing the the, the ins and outs of the uh, Hushed and Grim release. And, uh, well, uh, what did you take out of those two interviews? The, those were some of the first ones that you were really involved with. Yeah, I, I that was. It almost seems like it was ages ago. It's funny you go <laughs> back. It's like it was almost 12, 11, 12 months ago. Um, you know, I think, you know, starting with the Braun Daler one, I mean, it was also a theme that we cut through the year that we we had a lot of conversations with artists that were getting out on the road. Um, I mean, Mastodon was out ready to promote uh, a forthcoming spring tour, part two of their tour. And then they were heading over to Europe to do all the festivals. So Braun was really into talking about that. Um, you know, and then even a little bit later in the year, you you yourself, Vern, you interviewed Brian Wheat for the Tesla tour. Um, we had Frank Bellow on from the road up in Montreal, which was great. He was checking in on the Anthrax Black Label Society tour. And then, you know, obviously later in the year, you had, uh, we had Rick Ventura on from Riot Act, mm-hmm. which tied into the the whole uh, Raven tour in which you did amazing job pro- promoting a show up in your area of Rochester. And then we had uh, Metal Mike come on later on. He was doing a little promoting. So a lot of it was indeed around who's on the road. Yeah. And, you know, the fun part of all this and what keeps us going in this platform is the ability to connect with these people, build a relationship, and when something arises, being able to pivot on that and bring exclusive content, like the Frank Bellow situation. Those not familiar with it, back in August, the Anthrax Black Label Hatebreed show had uh, a tour stop in Rochester, New York. That's where the show originates from. And unfortunately, the show had to be canceled right before Black Label came on because of a defective stage. So right away, we were able to reach out to Frank, and within days, he was calling us from a tour bus in Montreal (laughs) with the whole uh, ins and outs of what happened. So another cool interview was um, Orianti, the guitarist originally from Alice Cooper, played with Michael Jackson, and she was coming out with a live album in the summer, and honestly, n- neither Walt or I were too familiar with her entire catalog and the ins and outs. But I'm telling you, after that interview, man, you know, we are a fan. Walt, what would you pull out of that, Orianti? Well, yeah, and I think that's a credit to uh, to us stepping out of our comfort zone, right, and having the ability to interview an artist that maybe, again, we're not exposed to our audiences and as well, but certainly in that hard rock territory. And you know what? She she has an amazing history, uh, some amazing stories of the performers that she's played on. But I think in general, yes, she was out there to promote a new live album that had uh, just been released. But over the course of the year, this was the other half of our, our content that we did on the interviews was helping these artists get the word out on what they're out there to promote. Yes, some of them are tours, but a lot of them, it was new material. And we heard from Orianti. We heard from Graham Bonnet. We heard from Rick Ventura. We heard from Michael Sweet. And just recent, the last episode we did, Tim Ripper Owens. I mean, these are named artists out there promoting new material, guys. We know nobody buys CDs anymore. Well, I do. Um, The record labels don't exist. And we got a lot of positive feedback from these artists that this is the new norm for them. They need to reach out to guys like us to have conversations on the material to get the word out. This is the new radio promoting of sorts, right? Because the old radio FM format really doesn't exist. And I got a lot of um, satisfaction out of really helping these guys, having fun along the way, digging deep, listening to the material, providing our interpretations of the song, and then getting into a dialogue and a Q&A with them um, around the material, what the songs meant. And, you know, the amazing part is, you know, you're not limited. Like an old FM interview would go on for five minutes, right? Here we're going on for 40, 45 minutes. We could cover off on heavy, heavy questions on the album content, which really gives you the insight of the artist, what they were thinking, down to the artwork, to the songs, to the band members. 
And that's where we really got, uh, I got a lot of satisfaction on it. I'm sure you did too, John. Oh, yeah. It's stuff you didn't even, um, excuse me, I am uh, dealing with a little bit of a, a cold, so excuse my my voice. But uh, yeah, like um, when we were talking with Michael Sweet and he explained that the last four or five album covers, when, a, when physically aligned together, represent almost like a puzzle kind of, uh, illustration that you never even realized. Um, th that's the kind of stuff. And I, before we get into this Jason McMaster interview for tonight's show, a couple other interviews that really I, I was into was the, the Canadian band sword coming back with a new album sword three, a great story. These guys back in the eighties, they had two kick-ass albums and they're always friends and, they, they reformed and recorded a new album of older material that came out in November, and, and that's really good stuff. They're even better guys. And uh, Kristen Politeri, uh, the uh, old American guitar shredder, his band just now, as we speak, in January, he's being inducted into the Metal Hall of Fame along with Twisted Sister and uh, Raven, our guy's Raven. So in this weird web of six degrees of metal mayhem, all of these things tie together, and that's really, like Walt was saying, that's what I get out of this. And for us to be able to, you know, share it with you guys, because, hey, we're just the ones behind the microphone and doing all the work, but we're in this all together. So... I also want to give a shout out. We have a running series called the history of metal here where our metal brother, Ian O'Rourke, uh, he's involved with us here. And uh, we started in 1970, the year 1973 back in the summer of 2021. And we're in pre-production for, to do the taping of the year 1991. So that's been an ongoing series and Ian's put a lot of work into it and a big shout out to you, Ian. And we look forward to getting you involved with that and a new series that's uh, in production. We have a episode in the can and more of them are to come is a show called Rock and Roll Detention where either Walt and Ian or myself, we take a deep, deep dive into a particular subject. So... That's what we have going on here. A lot of advancement. We're looking forward to year five of Metal Mayhem ROC. And um, that's about it. Walt, any parting shots before we get into this McMaster interview? The only thing I'll say uh, is to expand on what you mentioned, Bruno, is, you know, we made progress this year in getting to know some of these artists. And it's like it's like a disease that spreads, spreading the disease, as the Anthrax uh, album says. You know what? You meet one guy, it leads to another and to another and to another. I mean, even this Jason McMaster interview, um, he came through a, a direct friendship through Alan Tecchio for in which we interviewed for the uh, the New Jersey Heavy Metal Series book. And, uh, you know, I asked Alan, I said, hey, uh, you have your friends with Jason. He says, yes, I am. Here's his number. Get him on. So we're hoping this year we can even expand upon that and bring more cool, new, and different artists out to you. So it was a great year. I loved it and just can't wait to continue it. Yeah, and there, there's so much here, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Frank White and Alan Teccio of the uh, Jersey Metal, the history of the Garden State metal scene. They released book one of a three-parter covering the years 1969 through 1986. It's just 300 plus pages of color photos and a timeline of both Frank as the photographer and Alan as the metalhead, their relationship in their, their, their proud, rich history of the Garden State. So that's what we have. We invite you to go to the Metal Mayhem ROC website, check all this out, subscribe to the pod, leave us reviews, reach out to us and, um, you know, join the community. Walt, uh, happy new year. Congratulations on, you know, part of the team. You're a true asset and we look forward to keeping it heavy in 2023. Well, thank you. And thank you. And happy new year to you as well. And for being the anchor of this whole, uh, this whole institution that we call metal mayhem ROC. If we didn't have you there writing the ship, we'd just be a bunch of guys on the side of the boat, man. Oh, uh, well, you're welcome. So 
Before we play this Jason McMaster interview, I just do want to give a shout out. Uh, we found out late last night that veteran metal media legendary producer and metalhead Bob Nell Bandian had passed away. Um, didn't realize he was sick. Uh, Bob started in the music business uh, as early as 17. Uh, he was involved with fanzines. Back in the day, true metalhead. He was over on the west side, uh, the west coast. He was there at the beginning with bands like Metallica and Slayer and Armored Saint. It just he had a passion for the heavy metal scene, and you know he he was really a a producer uh, of documentaries. He's best known for the Inside Metal series, the L.A. Metal Scene, um, the pioneers of L.A. Metal Rock and other other uh, documentaries. We actually had him on the show back in, I believe, 2020 when he had the Bay Area Godfathers documentary chronicling the, the Bay Area San Francisco metal scene. So after this McMaster interview, I am just going to attach that interview that we did with Bob as a little uh, a dedication in respect to Bob. Uh, R.I.P., my friend. Um uh, R.I.P. So here you go. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Jason McMaster. I'm the Vernomatic for Metal Walt, Ian O'Rourke, Bill the Rager, Southern Cal, uh, Metal Mark James, and everyone else associated with Metal Mayhem. Have a great New Year, and as always, keep it heavy. So let's get Jason McMaster onto the Metal Mayhem ROC platform. Jason, good morning. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. Let's get that guy on there. Yeah. I'd like to introduce you to my uh, co-pilot on this Metal Express, Metal Walt from New Jersey. My man, Walt. Metal Walt from Jersey, man. An area you probably know well and have a lot of friends in. Yeah, I like to call myself an honorary member of the Jersey metal scene. Now... Maybe self-proclaimed, uh, and not uh, not enough to be legit, but I do have some tie-in with uh, the Jersey metal family. We'll talk about that a little bit later, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Jason, uh, really a pleasure to be able to speak to you. Um, I mean, you know, John and I have done our homework on you. You got a massive history. I mean, if you were to print out a heavy metal resume. I mean, you paid on a million bands, side projects, one-off things, special guesting, uh, tribute albums. You know, you're a minister, which we want to talk to you about. You got a podcast. So lots and lots of stuff to talk about today. So which of the two Texas baseball teams is your favorite? No sports. No sports. So, and the reason I asked that question is, you know, we're going to fast forward to the present before we go back in the past. And man, you've been a hot commodity this fall. And you were uh, the relief pitcher of sorts for two major bands out in the road, helping out your friends. Um, And, you know, for the record, you know, how did you get the call? Not once, but twice, you know, getting on a plane. How do you learn the songs real quick? You know, just drop your life and get out there. I mean, I was at the New Jersey Wasp Armored Saint show. It was awesome. I loved it. So just tell us about that whole period of the fall. Uh, There's no... I don't have a business card. It's it, it fell in my lap. Fell in my lap. That's my answer. Um, there's a guy, Ed Aborn. I'll start with that. Who's friends with Wolf Hoffman. Uh, so Mark Tonio gets that upper respiratory crud and powers through three shows early October and then has to pull the plug and say, this is hurting. This is, I've damaged, you know, the, I've got bruising, the doctors, you know. So he's at home recuperating and they're going, well, what do we do? You know, uh, Wolf's on the phone with his buddy Ed Aborn, who I don't know. I know him now, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and he's, he's, the, he's the best. He's a great guy. Um Ed Aborn plays drums in an 80s band called Siren. Uh, there's a movie out to plug some Ed Aborn stuff called I'm Too Old for This Shit. 
It's about the movie. It's about the band. It's a movie. Uh, Chris Jericho produced it. Uh, it's about them, you know, quitting music for 30 years and the phone rings. Hey, can you come play Keep It True Festival in Germany? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so it's a great film. It's a, You can watch it on YouTube. You can download it. It might cost you a couple bucks. Anyway, Ed Aborn gets a call from Wolf. Hey, Mark's sick. We need a singer. Do you know anyone? So Ed Aborn starts calling all of his friends. He calls up. He's looking, at, he's looking for Ripper Owens. He's looking for Bobby Blitz. He's looking for, he calls Todd Michael Hall from Riot. Yeah. And. Nobody can do it. Ripper's in Australia. Bobby's in the studio. And I'm on the phone with Ed going, get Bobby. He's right there in New Jersey, and they're playing in Philly and, you know, Tri-State. They, you know, just get Bobby. He's right there. He'll be perfect. You know, you think, except you, Bobby, it's perfect. No, unavailable. Ripper, unavailable. Uh, there may be some people on the list that I don't know, but I don't think so. Uh, I'm not even on this list yet. These are just people, right? So, and I found all this out. I found this all out kind of like as they're reaching out to me through another source. I'll finish that. He calls Todd Michael Hall. Todd goes, I'm unavailable as well, but let me make some calls for you. And, you know, so all the feelers are just going everywhere, right? And so Todd calls and I've never met Todd. I don't know Todd, but he seems like an awesome guy. I know he's talented and good looking beyond belief. So let's just hats off to Todd for being not even his fault. He's just badass, and that's all there is. So Todd, who I hope to meet one day, uh, who's a great fucking singer, uh, calls Don Van Stavern. Now, Don Van Stavern, I've known since like 1982 or 83. He was in the uh, Texas band called Slayer. So chew on that San Antonio Slayer as they later became. Uh, so I've known, I've known Don forever and he is the bass player for riot. So, uh, I get a text on like a Tuesday. Yeah, it was a Tuesday, the 18th of October, I believe. And, uh, he, he says, Hey man, do you, do, can you sing some accept? And I'm like, what? Who are you kidding? Who is this? I thought, you know, what are you, what are you talking about? Of course, you know, I, I, I love accept. And he goes, uh, we'll call this number. And I'm like, what's going on? So he, he spilled the beans a little bit more. And, and, um, I reached, I, I hesitate, I hesitantly hesitated reaching out to Ed Aborn. I was like, who's this guy Ed Aborn? Called him up and he tells me what's going on. And I'm like, Oh, I, Cause you know, it's like this, like this, like, wow, this is awesome. But, oh man, ah, so weird. Like anxiety just kicked in like, okay. To fast forward the, this trip I was immediately on when I found out what was really the skinny is like, ah, people going to see, accept and, Mark not being there is going to, I'm going to get pelted with like rocks and shit. You know, you start thinking like that. Yeah. And, uh, and then, um, you know, I, for, I, I stayed in the game and I was just having a meltdown on the phone with Ed and he's hearing this freak out, you know, and I, he hears me coughing and I said, well, I, I need to put my hands on the table and say, uh, I too am getting over an upper respiratory infection. So I'm sick too. And, you know, here's me coughing and, you know, spitting up yellow gummy bears and whatever. And he's, uh, he's like, wow, this is just crazy. I'm like, you're telling me I, I, you know, I'm, I'm on this weird fence and I start, you know, going through the laundry list of what things I, I'm going to have to do if I accept no pun intended. And, uh, he's like, I hear you. I hear you. And I, so I said, well, look, let me forward you a couple of, uh, they're not handy. They're just on YouTube. So I guess that's handy, but I, I don't even think about this, but I have, uh, 
watchtower covering run if you can from the accept breaker record and i have i've done fast as a shark with my band igniter on a covers album we did and these are both fairly old uh recordings so i forwarded those to ed and he immediately sent them to wolf and wolf is in a meeting with the band you know like oh shit what are we gonna do kind of meeting and he forwards everybody listen to this and get back to me in a half hour. Well, during that time, uh, you know, Wolf had already listened to him. I'm on the phone with Wolf. And so fanboy kicks in. Oh my God, this is an honor, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. This is me with Wolf, you know, and he's so cool and just normal and super smart and, you know, just a badass, just super cool. And, so once I realized, oh shit, okay, well, I need to put my brain on, back in my head, and uh, we start to chat, and I tell him what I, you know, I get him up to snuff on what I just told Ed, and he's like, well, the, you know, those, those, you sound good, and and I'm telling him I'm still sick, and I'm getting over this thing. I said I have energy. I'm not, you know, a zombie right now. I have, you know, I can do this. I'm just getting over this crud and I still have some congestion and, but you know, I guess I can do this and, uh, but I have to call my bosses at work and take off for a week and you know, blah, blah, blah. He's like, okay, we'll try to set all that up as much as you can. And let's talk in an hour. So an hour goes by, I've already talked to my bosses. They're cool as fuck. They said, yeah, it sounds like you need to go do this. Wife, same thing. Yeah, you need to go do this. It sounds like you got to do this. And so I had the support of my, of, you know, uh, my people. Yeah. And uh, scared to death, I start printing lyrics and putting them in a binder. And listening to accept songs I've never heard before because they're, I've got to sing some Mark Turnillo accept, right? I've got to brush up on some songs I've never heard before. And then I'm brushing up on songs that I've been doing, I've been covering since 1983. So that's, that was the fun part, all the Udo shit, right? So, um, cause I love Udo. Udo's a weird taste, but I love that yeah. weird crushing, just, maniacal no one sings like that you know it's fucking great dan mccafferty sang like that you know Mm -hmm. anyway um i get a text from wolf pack your bags (laughs) it's pretty much it uh logistics the tour manager reached out he sent me some flight ideas and i'm like whatever so my flight left at 7 a.m the next morning you asked uh, how how I learn a song so fast. I didn't learn those fucking songs. That binder duct taped to the floor with a halogen yeah. book light on it <laughs> in front of the monitors. I call it uh, poor man's teleprompter. I use that for a lot of bands, and a lot of bands use a teleprompter. Uh, and I don't care if they use one or not. Usually they're not even looking at it. Like, like people have even commented. It's like, man, I just saw Jason play with Armored Saint, and he, he, he. I talked to him before the show, and he's like, uh, he's like, how are you learning? That? I got, ah, I got a little teleprompter thing. He's like, oh, okay. I bet, I bet after a while you don't need it. I said, see exactly. It's just there as a crutch. Yeah. But if it's not, if I think my balls are big enough to go out there without it, that's when I'm going to fuck something up real bad. And I still fucked up a bunch of times. Came in late, tried to catch up. You know, there's it's all out there on YouTube. The mistakes are there, and the greatest moments are also there. So, Jason, I got to say on the Armored Saint show, and I I know you're going to talk about how you got that gig too, but the Jersey show, I mean, number one, your singing was awesome. A, okay, but B, what I really observed was how you handled the band, the crowd, like you were in control and your enthusiasm up there was what sold me on this guy's into it. He's a performer. He's professional. He's given it 150%. That's what I took away from it more than the performance itself. So thank you for that. 
Well, of course, thank you for saying all those nice things. I, I, have, a, I, I have a question about the yeah. um, ex, going back to the accept stuff. Yeah. Okay, there, you, you've covered some songs, and then you're trying to learn songs that you never knew. What about songs that you knew that you never covered, and you're like, oh, my God, those were the lyrics? Or, you know, I've never really done this song before, and this is harder than I thought. And Yeah, there was, there was a bunch of all of the older material that I was like, well, I kind of phonetically know this song because I've heard it, and I have the fucking album and blah, 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 you know. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of like, that's what he's saying right there. There was a lot of that. Uh, Metal Heart was one. Midnight Mover was one uh, that were, you know, on MTV and, you know, and on, you know, like I said, in my collection, but I'd never, it was a lot of material that I'd never sang before at all. I never even looked at until I started studying um, you know, in the airports and on the plane and, you know, with headphones on pretty much right up to sound check. But once again, this is kind of a big one. No rehearsal, zero rehearsal, like the accept gig. I was on a plane about 19 hours after the initial phone call. The, the armored saint gig was like, was like, uh, like 12 hours after the initial phone call. John, I want you to jump in here and give uh, link the dots a little bit to Jason about your experience seeing Armored State up in Cleveland, which was only five or six days prior to my show in Jersey when Jason was at the vocal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, yeah, we uh, bookend this whole experience because, again, I was at the Cleveland show. We interviewed Joey beforehand, and when we worked with the publicist to do the on-site interview, my request was for John Bush Last minute, I get notification that it's going to be with Joey. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, fair enough. That's cool. Joey's a good dude. Oh, yeah. But then the show comes, and second or third song into the set, John's like, all right, Cleveland, how the hell are you been? He goes, listen, I'm a little under the weather, and like a sports team, I don't have anyone to back me up. You know, there's not a backup singer. So. Stay with me. I'm doing the best I can and, you know, put on a great show and didn't think anything of it. Fast mm-hmm. forward a couple days and the tour whisperer is called into duty again. And we see, you know, Jason stepping in for John Bush and we're like, wow. And then, you know, you get the call and then three or four days later, Walt seeing, you know, like you said, saw the tour. Yeah. So without getting too far behind the scenes, I know the uh, publicist for Accept handles Wasp. And Hmm. I didn't know if that connection and the proximity of the time that you just did the Accept gig led to a quick in. How did the the whole Armored Saint come about? That's very interesting about the publicist connection. But honestly, I heard, I spoke to her, nor heard nary a mention of any publicist being involved in any of it. Uh, uh, real quick, you know, when you said you saw the Cleveland show, I believe John had done like two or three shows wounded, you know, with bruising exactly like Mark did and except he had done like two or three shows kind of bruised and wounded and knew that it was coming kind of like, uh Oh, I need, where's my, where's that fucking day off, you know? And there's not a day off. If you look at that. No. Yeah. Uh, Armored Saint didn't, uh, have to cancel any shows on the wasp tour, but, uh, except canceled one. And then the band did a show with, without Mark, uh, without any front man, I should say in Toronto, where the rhythm section, Chris and Martin sang. They traded off and they played a set and they were forthcoming with the audience before they play. You know, look, Mark's ill, he's, you know, getting taken care of and, you know, we can we can play and you guys can sing along and, you know, we can have Chris and Martin sing some stuff. We're all here. Do we have a heavy metal party and celebrate life or do we cancel the show? And the audience was like, fuck no, let's rock, you know. So I thought that was a class act. Yeah. Well, I believe it was the next day that they had a day off and that's when the accept thing happened. And I ended up being on a plane the day after that, which was 
another day off for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was, you know, six in a row or something like that. Very similar to the Armored Saint thing. So it was weird how they, they tried to, both guys, John and Mark, tried to power through and then just were like, after a few shows, they were just like, whoa. You know, Mark's doing a 90-minute set and John was doing uh, like a 10-song set. That's another thing, too. The Accept gig was more work for me because it was a headlining set. The Armored Saint, they're supporting Wasp, so the Armored Saint set was like half to, half to work. It's still, it's still daunting. You can't, I mean, I'm trying to dumb it down and no, it's still like, uh, you know, people were going out, this guy's crazy, you know, talking about after the fact, talking about me going, this guy's crazy. One, he's crazy to even attempt to do not one, but two of these step in gigs balls must be giant. Don't fit in the house kind of. And I was just like, no, 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 man. You just print the lyrics out, and if you're a fan like me, you just have fun with it. And that's really kind of a dumb down. But they're not wrong by way of how daunting it actually is. Being complimentary is like whether I, t- I take the crazy as, as complimentary as I do giant balls. But the Armored Saint phone call, if you will, it's a Sunday night. I had just played a gig on the Saturday night prior uh, with Igniter, and this would have been uh, November. I'd only been home a couple of weeks, two or three weeks maybe from the accept thing, and not to get overly detailed. I'm I'm in my robe, got the dog in the lap. I'm going, man, that that was crazy, that accept thing. That was crazy. You know, and I'm just chilling and I'm, you know, I'm back into work and everything's back to kind of normal. And the and, and I get a text from uh, a phone call, actually, which I didn't answer. And I'm like, just text me. What's up? From Scott Dalhoover, my guitar player in Dangerous Toys. And uh, Armored Saint played that night, I believe, in Philly, which Pitt- is a couple days after you saw. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Thank you. I later on found out that Bush was, you know, like walking off stage, looking at the band going, I'm done. Like cutting his throat motion. You know, I I can't, I'm going to bed. I'm calling my wife. I'm something, you know, he's out. Yeah. Tapped out. And so it was a serious moment. And like literally two hours after the, after they finished their set uh, in Pittsburgh, my phone rang. So Scott, uh, to get to deep some fun details, uh, Scott's like texting me. He's like nine one one emergency. You need to call me. We need to talk. Uh, he may have mentioned Philip Sandoval, mm-hmm. and I said what? Wait, what? And I called Scott. He goes, you need to call Philip right now. And I'm and I'm like, why? What's going on? And at that point, I started seeing uh, flags that my Facebook and my social media crap is going off, like personal messenger kind of stuff. And I didn't even open that until like days later because I was obvious I had, I had some shit I had to take care of <laughs> to get to work, right? Um, so I'm like, no, no, no no, surely this is not, I'm telling Scott this on the phone. I'm like, no, not again. No, 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 no. Come on. And so I call Philip and Philip's like, uh, Hey, yeah. Hey, Hey, uh, let me just, you better talk to Joey. So he hands the phone to Joey and Joey's and I'm like, dude. And he goes, dude, you know, like, dude, r- really dude. And he's like, dude, and I, I, I just be, it, it was a crushing blow because first off, I, you know, I love accept, <clears throat> but I'd never met any of the guys, you know, kind of a thing, right? Just, I've got, I've been to some in stores in 83, 84, 85 and bowed to the band from afar, you know, covered their songs my whole life. Armored Saint, I met in 85 and I was pen pals with Bush. Through, through, until you know cell phones and then it's call every once in a while happy birthday whatever mm-hmm. uh 
every time Armored Saint or Anthrax would come through with Bush anyway, right, to be correct, uh, pull me up on stage for a song, blast, red carpet, you know, fanboy, fanboy shit. Um, So there's difference there in the camp and the relationship, right? So Joey's like... uh, fills me in on what's going on and they had uh, a list of singers and I was the only name on it. They said, there's no one else we want. We know you just did this. What are logistics? And verbatim the accept. I had to call the boss, talk to the wife, make sure I'm good to go. This was 10 o'clock at night. I'm in my robe yeah. Next thing I know, I'm out here printing Armored Saint lyrics, making a binder, uh, putting uh, putting the things I brought on the accept run back in my suitcase, uh, which ain't much. No no checked bags. Uh, my teleprompter, you know, uh, lots of black clothing, and uh, uh, an extension cord for the halogen light for the ghetto teleprompter. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. And uh, I, so I, I fly into Baltimore, uh, drummer for Dirty Looks. Uh, I'm fronting Dirty Looks now too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been that's fun because I'm a huge Dirty Looks fan, and now I, I I'm in actually in kind of in a, a, a 2.0 right. Um, so so uh Gene Barnett from Dirty Looks lives in Baltimore right by the airport which I've been to that airport a ton of times this year and he lives right there so I call him and he picks me up and we have we're just like cuz he I was just there through Pennsylvania I was just in the area with Accept and he it was a little too far of a drive on a school night for him to come to the the Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania show at Penn's Peak, where Armored Saint was the night after I left them in New York, flew out of JFK. Anyway, uh, I, irony, thick. Uh, I was just on the East Coast with Except. Here I am. Hey, I'm back. You know, uh, he, um, John Bush was, I get dropped off at the hotel. I check in. I, I text John Bush because he was there in another room. The the band was uh, I guess at some day rooms near the venue somewhere else some somewhere on the stand on the bus somewhere whatever they were somewhere else so I let them know the eagle has landed I'm here I'm studying I got my notebook uh, you know didn't even turn the TV on I don't think just went right to homework and probably took a shower and got comfortable it was uh, traveling all day. Um, uh, John Bush brings me breakfast and talk, I hear him talk for the first, you know, any, you can, it's, you can only imagine it was gruff, you know, but he wasn't, he had been already on his uh, Z pack and his steroid treatment for a couple of days by then. Uh, and he just got better and stronger and stronger because he was on the road with us the whole time. There were a day, it was a one day, and for Accept, I, to be clear, not to be all over the place, I did one Accept show, the headline set, where I sang the whole set without Mark at all. That was in at Penn's Peak in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, on October 20th, to be exact. Uh, and then 21, 22, 23, Mark had come back, and we did a tag team thing. Uh and it was badass because it's like, man, a kid in the candy store, you know. So he and Wolf had come up with a set where Mark would come out and talk about the elephant in the room. You know, it's like, yeah, I've been sick and it sucks and thank you all. But, but, you know, I got this friend, you know, coming out. He's a friend of the bands now and he's this badass dude. And come on out here, Jason. And I was, you know, came out, had my own mic and, yay, what's up? And, you know, big hugs and I would do two. And then Mark would come out and do two or three. We joined each other on a couple. It was badass. It was a heavy metal party. Yeah. It was like, it was like seven people on stage, you know, when it was me and Mark and they have three guitar players. So it's just like, except like, like a pyramid, you know, crumbling, you know, just destruction. 
and uh, so fun and so great, and I was treated so well. Anyway, uh, John was on the road the whole time, and uh, as you as you guys, uh, as, as Walt, as you know, John would come out and introduce the band and say, yep, it's true, I'm not 100% yet, but my buddy's going to come out here and do this, and y'all y'all be nice to him kind of thing. And I was like, thank God he is <laughs> handing the baton in front of his loyals because I, I, because that whole stress and worry about man, cause uh, time out for a second. When I go see accept or when I go see armored saint, or when I go see a band that I fell in love with when I was a kid, I want to see the fucking singer. I want to see the guy that I fell in love with. I want to hear those pipes. And when I show up and some clown from Texas is up there, that might hurt my feelings a little bit as a fan. So it went, it meant the world to me that he was coming out going, look, don't be a dick. I'm here. I'm going to be standing on the side referee. You, you guys be nice to my buddy kind of a thing. This is a little bit of how I looked at it. And uh, John was very frustrated seeing someone else sing his songs. The star quarterbacks on the <laughs> sideline going, fuck this guy. Now, now John is a class act, yeah. but I could tell that he was part of it might have been the steroid therapy, you know, because that shit fucks with you. But uh, he was a champ. He is one of the best dudes I've ever met in this business. O obviously, and we have history, and it was another thing that made it different than the accept thing was it was it felt a little bit more like family, even though I was red carpet treatment with accept. Both camps gave me my own bunk on the bus. It's eat whatever you want. Let us know what you need. The sound man and the crew were like, you let us know what you need. We're going to make it happen for you. You're saving our ass in a big way. A lot of people, a lot of the fans don't realize that it, that if they – Either band wouldn't have been just for whatever by Murphy's law, whatever would not have been able to contact anyone to step in and do that. And ultimately terrible to think of cancel a week's worth of shows. The crew doesn't work. You, no one makes money. The, the, the promoters are upset. You have to come back next year and redo those shows. It's a, you're going to lose money on that probably because it's out of your, you're yep. taking, having to reschedule it. You know, didn't happen. Jason, it's amazing. And it's just, um, I could speak for Walt. This is um, just a story. Uh, it's an unbelievable story. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. That's like, you're so welcome. And as a fan, it's, it's like, uh, it's like the rock star movie or some shit. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Right. And, and it then, is, and you don't, but you don't know it. Right. All you do is you see the headlines on blabbermouth and everybody goes to YouTube. Oh, McMaster's in, he's in again. Cool. They didn't cancel the shows, but nobody really knows the whole background and the whole story, how it gets there, yeah. the challenges. And that's, what's awesome that you're sharing this. Yeah. Um, well, I just can't believe that lightning did strike twice in the exact same place. What if you got a call for a third? And here's a couple questions. Uh, what did your boss say when you had to go back? Um, your wife's cool with it. And what about your dog? Your dog was probably pissed off because there you are gone for like a month. He, yeah, uh, he's a mama's boy anyway, so that I knew that was going to be fine. Okay. The uh, Thanks for asking. Uh he uh he's a sweet little shy chihuahua and uh he i'm sure he was fine with mom but yeah he did do some backflips when i came back twice um the um the boss the second time when the armored saint thing happened it was kind of like a, it was a text message I, I said guess what and this is like at 11 p.m. at night you know on a sunday Guess what? Didn't call the boss text. Guess what? And the response an hour later, again, <laughs> really? D you, really? I'm right. Yeah, uh, you're right. And they were like, same band, the same. And I'm like, no, I know. Right. Weird. Yeah. Totally. 
exact same situation, different band, same part of the country. And then my, uh, I have a, uh, I have a podcast called the talk louder podcast. I guess I should plug it. You talk louder podcast.com. You go there. It has all the platforms that you can get it anywhere. We tape it. It's on, it's on YouTube. We just did like a, we have like 120 episodes. Um, we, we had, we interview our favorite people in the world. Uh, they could be an author or a musician. Sometimes we don't have a guest. We just nerd out, you know, Imagine Beavis and Butthead and uh, Wayne and Garth and ripping off that metal show on YouTube. Same shit. Oh, I'm, f- I'm, f- I'm familiar with it. We'll see you in uh, March down at Rockin' Pod. Oh, sweet. Down in yeah, Nashville. Yeah, yeah. What an honor. These stories, uh, both, we did an episode, we did an exclusive on the Accept thing and we did an exclusive on the Armored Saint thing and those are on Talk Louder, and those are literally detailed by minute to minute to minute to minute mm-hmm. of the entire uh, stories. This was uh, a havesy version of it because it could take an hour to tell the story, right? Oh, sure. And then, you know, we're able to have our testimonial and our input on the play-by-play. Which is, which is uh, really cool. And another, yeah, it's another angle that you guys have because you're, like you said, it's like piggyback and sandwiched and, you know, I'm here and I'm here and whoa, and this is whoa. And uh, all of these like lights yeah. are connected it, now. It's yeah, sort it's of like really- heavy metal forensics as piecing the story together. So, so the next, Fantastic. Uh, next time you tell the story, you'll be like, yeah, well, uh, uh, Vernomatic and Walt from the Metal Mayhem ROC podcast, they were there at the beginning before it happened, and yes. you, you, uh, give you liberty to include that. But um, yes, uh, today on Heavy Metal Forensics, <laughs> yeah, Jason McMaster, you are a true lifer of heavy metal. Like uh, Walt said, we could go on all morning. Remember, Jason will be at the Rock and Pod March seventeenth through the nineteenth, twenty twenty three, down in Nashville. Come on down, shoot the shit, um, bring your dangerous toys, bring your Watchtower merch, have him sign it, um, buy him a beer if he drinks. Don't even know that. But um, the stories are fabulous, and we appreciate you spending your Sunday morning with us. And Jason, you are a brother from New Jersey, man. So if you do end up back up here, you got to make sure, man. I got to go out and buy you a nice Italian dinner up by me. I love it. Thank you that. Thank you for that. And and the the connection with Hades and just uh, just Jersey metal and and everyone's been so. Like I said at the Jersey show at uh, the with Armored Saint the, and you probably remember this the at the at the, uh, the Wellmont right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I even I even said I I love New Jersey and I love New Jersey metal. Do you remember me saying? I that? do remember that well. Yes. It was my version of basically giving you guys a hug for for many many reasons and and so uh, that was important for me to convey. Sounds good. All yeah. right, Jason. Uh, have a great Sunday and thanks again. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. It was a lot of fun. Cheers. Awesome. Cheers. We have on the line Bob Nailbandian from the Metal Rocks Film Guys out in California. Bob, welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. Hey, man, it's a pleasure to be on, and I appreciate you guys, uh, uh, your interest in the movie. Of course, of course. We discovered, you know, in this streaming age that everything's at the tip of your finger, the Inside Metal program or series that you guys have been doing the last seven or eight years. And you have a new one coming out from Metal Rock Films called The Bay Area Godfathers. Give us a little. Yes. Yeah, sounds exciting. Um, Give us a little background, what it's all about. Well, this is the fourth title of the Inside Metal series. Uh, each of the titles are two volumes, a part one and part two. We got part one coming out uh, this week, uh, October 6th, as uh, the official release date. It'll be out on DVD and streaming. And yes, the uh, previous three titles, uh, uh, Inside Metal titles, Pioneers of L.A. Hard Rock and Metal, L.A. Metal Scene Explodes, and Rise of L.A. Thrash Metal. Uh, as you can tell, we're all on the L.A. metal scene, and those are all... Uh, available for streaming uh, on, on several different platforms and available uh, 
uh, on DVD as well for all you old school guys. And uh, uh, this this uh, uh, Bay Area Godfather will uh, be available the same way, DVD and streaming. So yeah, yeah, we're excited. This really kind of carries on where the LA metal uh, titles left off, and it was kind of the obvious thing because you know when we were especially on the last. Uh, movie we did, uh, The Rise of L.A. Thrash Metal, we were interviewing a lot of these L.A. Thrash bands, and they were talking about, you know, uh, how they were coming up to uh, San Francisco, you know, Lars and, and uh, David Ellison from Megadeth and, uh, you know, Rocky from Suicidal and Gene Hoagland and Eric Meyer from Dark Angel and, uh, you know, Caton from Hybrax. And, you know, so we already got a lot of quotes from people about the uh, L.A. Uh, or about the uh, Bay Area metal scene. So we're like, man, this uh uh, this is our obvious next title. So, uh, yeah, it worked out really well. So, Bob, uh, Metal Forever Mark here. Thanks again for checking in with us tonight. Uh, we're really excited uh, you know, to see see this new film that you have. But my question for you is, were you guys just kind of filmmakers and then decided, because I guess you're connected to L.A., to kind of feature the metal genre? Or are you just a whole bunch of old-school metalheads that decide to make movies about the about the <laughs> genre that you love? Which one? What, I guess is it a chicken or the egg? Which one came first? Uh, I guess the, uh, uh, I don't know if it's a chicken or the egg, but it's the second one you said. <laughs> We're just old school metal guys. I was uh, doing a metal podcast and I did like a video cast, uh, which got the attention of uh, uh, Joe Floyd, a good friend of mine. And he had been working with uh, Warren Croyle, who is the executive producer of the uh, Metal Rock film. Uh, and Metal Rock films pretty much formed with the Inside Metal titles. He had been doing uh, movies, independent movies, a lot of uh uh, sci-fi and conspiracy movies uh, and that kind of stuff. He just put out a great movie on Robbie Knievel. Uh, yeah, you know, Evil Knievel's son, a documentary on that. And uh, uh, did another one we, uh, I was uh, got kind of involved with uh, getting uh, uh, hooked up was uh, the Flying V documentary. So he's got quite a few uh, uh, movies under his belt. But at the time, I was just a metal guy. You know, I did a, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, fanzine writing in the earlier days. I did, did some management, worked out a few labels, did some writing for a, a few major magazines. And uh, it just got into, you know, when, when Joe uh, called me up and said he and uh, Warren were talking about doing a documentary on the L.A. metal scene. That's kind of where everything spawned. And uh, he said, yeah, we, you know, we, we need you as our director. We'd love to get you as the director. So I got involved and it turned into a series. So, uh that's kind of how all that formed around 2012, I believe. Well, Bob, we're up here in Rochester, New York, and we have a rich history of being a, a on the East Coast, a vital player in the metal scene. And part of what we've been doing here at Metal Mayhem ROC this summer and fall has been we've been celebrating the history of Rochester metal. And part of that is sort of ties into what you're doing because we did a story on a local record shop called the Lakeshore Record Exchange. And uh, of course, I remember that. They used to sell my old fanzine, The Headbanger, yeah, Ron, back in the early 80s. Yeah, Ron and Jackie Stein. And he kept talking about these fanzines and these tape trading and that whole movement. The question here is, what exactly are you covering the the 80s thrash you're doing are you touching on any of the 70s with the yt and the day on the green stuff or is the answer yes you cover it all yes we cover it all we start from the 70s uh you know we cover the whole scene it's basically the early scene so it goes through uh the the i mean we don't cover um uh you know we, we definitely get into yt and we have mike varney in it who talks about uh, I, I apparently, I, I guess you didn't get a link from a chipster uh, of the movie, but uh, uh, it covers, uh, you know, the some of the day on the greens and and mostly the hard rock and metal. We don't really get into like you know the journeys and the Santanas and all the the more classic rock stuff. But yeah, uh, pretty much starts with Y and T and goes on through uh, the mid to late '80s. So uh, when the scene was thriving, pretty much, and we do all, all genres of metal, not just thrash. You know, there's some glam. Uh, covered, uh, you know, uh, uh, Davey Vane from Vane, uh, uh, Billy Rowe from Jet Boy, uh, Howard Tiemann from uh, Head On, mm -hmm. and Al Tiemann from the Roadrunner, uh, you know, Peter Marino from Le Mans. So a lot of uh, different stuff and a lot of the traditional metal. We got Laws Rocket, we got uh, Heathen, we got, uh, uh, you know, uh, Vicious Rumors. Uh, so it's not all uh, necessarily thrash, you know, we, we try to, uh, uh, you know, really get all the spectrums of the hard rock metal scene from uh, from that era. 
do you cut uh, touch base on any of the like the old ward off or the metal mondays or the cow oh pale? yeah a lot of there's a whole chapter on on the clubs That's... and uh the uh, old waldorf and uh uh you know ruthie's in uh the stone they're all talked about uh uh, pretty heavily in, in uh, uh, both part one and part two. Hey, Bob, when you were putting these together, um, what kind of access did you get to the, the musicians and the bands? Did you get a lot of cooperation or are there still some artists and bands you'd like to track down in the wake of all this, uh, whether you do it on social media or maybe use it for future you know, projects? Can you describe how that was for you? Yeah, fortunately, I, I brought in, you know, we, we brought in, I, I'm, I'm from L.A., Originally, I'm actually uh, uh, coincidentally living in the Bay Area now in, in uh, San Jose. Uh, when I was putting this together, I, I had a team up here of, of people. My uh, uh, camera guy, Alex Gray, and I also had uh, John Stranansky as a uh, producer. And I had known John since the early 80s. He started a fanzine uh, right around the same time I started my fanzine. Uh, he had Metal Rendezvous, uh, which turned into a legit magazine, and I was doing the headbanger. And uh, so we've known each other for, you know, nearly 40 years. And uh, so he was an obvious choice growing up in the Bay Area, seeing all those bands back in the day. Uh, I brought him in. And then the guy from Reality Check TV, I know Danny Shipman. He had worked on a couple of previous uh, uh, titles, uh, uh, movies that I had done. And uh, great guy and, uh, you know, total uh, hardcore avid metalhead. And uh, he, they had all this footage between him and Hugh from Reality Check TV. They had... Uh, all this great footage uh, that we were able to use, uh, the, the video footage of, of, of the bands uh, back in the day. And uh, uh, Danny also hooked me up with a lot of uh, musicians, as did John. Uh, they had the contacts of, of many of the people. And uh, Danny did some of the interviews and John did some uh, interviews with me. So it was definitely a team effort on this. That's great. And and by the way, we uh, recently had a chance to talk with Don Dawkin for about uh, almost a good hour, like a real deep dive into that whole L.A. strip scene. And this one's probably not yeah, related. He could talk forever, Don. Yeah, but it's not, yeah, but it's not related to the Bay Area Godfathers one, but maybe the L.A. strip one. And he was basically saying that aside from Van Halen, that, you know, initially, like in the late 70s and early 80s, a lot of the glam metal or hair metal, whatever you want to call them, really wasn't happening. So he said at one point he actually went over to Germany and started kind of getting into where Accept and Priest and Maiden and all those bands were. So just, again, talking about that recollection, what do you think about how that kind of transpired? I mean, you know, it took a little while for that metal to kind of catch root in the L.A. scene. Yeah, well, all the bands, uh, and yeah, Don, Don was actually featured in our uh, in L.A. titles. And he gets really into that uh, uh, scene, talking about um, the early Van Halen era when he moved out to Germany. And uh, Europe was thriving then. And a lot of the bands from L.A. and from San Francisco, particularly these Bay Area bands, they were all influenced by the new wave of British heavy metal, as well as the European bands like Accept and Merciful Fate from Denmark and, you know, all these bands that were coming uh, from overseas. Uh, so um, that played a huge role in uh, thrash metal music and, and metal music in general, I think, uh, on the L.A. scene. Uh, I think Def Leppard played a bigger role when it comes to the hair metal, uh, you know, as far as bands coming uh, over from England and Europe. But um, as far as the heavier bands, it definitely influenced the uh, San Francisco Bay Area scene for sure. So um, we've been talking with uh, Bob Nailbandian from Metal Rock Films. The film is Bay Area Godfathers. Bob, where can people find the film it's streaming on all the majors and what's your social addresses yeah they should be able to stream everything uh, uh, uh part one of the movie at least on october 6th uh and then part two should be available uh oh, probably the beginning of the new year because we don't want to uh, get it out in between the the holiday season so uh and we like to spread them apart so people know they're they're two separate movies both full-length movies it'll be available on amazon prime google play iTunes, Apple Music, uh, you know, uh, uh, cable pay-per-view it should be on. And, of course, it'll be on uh, available for on DVD for all you old-school people out there that still like to collect DVDs. You could get it, order that online on Amazon and Walmart and bestbuy.com. So uh, it should be pretty readily available. And, uh, you know, uh, some of your local record stores might even carry it. Oh, the great, there. great, great House of Guitars. They'll have it. There you go. So, right. Bob, thanks you know, again. The Guitar Center actually used to car uh, carry some of our titles, believe it or not. The I Guitar Center did? Yeah. 
which is kind of cool. It is. Yeah, the Great House of Guitars here in Rochester, New York, they have a big carousel on the first floor where they have pretty much all DVD titles, books, heavy metal magazines. So it, I'm sure they'll carry it. And another place called Record Archive that is still here doing old school CDs and LPs. So it's pretty cool. So but great. Bob, yeah. So look, we love talking metal. That's why we do this. And uh, we certainly appreciate your time. And we wish you all kinds of great success with uh, this new release and the new movie. And we're going to backtrack and go check out the older ones, too. Well, I appreciate it, uh, Mark and John. And, uh, uh, yeah, as far as my social media, you can get a hold of me on Facebook, Bob Nelbandian, Los Angeles. That's probably the, the best way to get in touch with me. And, uh, man, I appreciate all you guys' support. And uh, uh, rock on. You got it, Bob. Keep it heavy. All right. See you, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.